Hey, this is Pastor Nate Cook, and you're listening to Pontificating Pastors, a podcast where we lock two pastors in a room and just let them talk about anything and everything. My friend Michael Pig is a church planner in San Marcos, Texas, and I'm a traditional church pastor here in Midwest City, Oklahoma. Today on the podcast, I joined Michael down at Camp Bond, where he was preaching the Southwest Oklahoma camp, and we talk about all kinds of fun stuff. So we're just calling this one the one at Southwest Oklahoma camp. Original, huh? So why don't you sit back and relax and enjoy this episode of Pontificating Pastors. Hey, Michael, how's it going this week? It's going well, Nate. How are you? It is going wonderful because I'm looking at you face to face. We're right here in the same room. These are the best ones. Yeah. I got a funny story. (laughs) My nephew, speaking of rooms, my nephew comes into my office and he sees the microphone I use to do podcasts. And he says to his mom, what's that? And his mom says, that's where Nate does his pontificating pastors podcast. And he's like, this is where they lock them in the room. <laughs> they lock a bunch of pastors in a room. Yeah. You know, cause our opening yeah, says this, lock two pastors in a room and see what happens. So he really <laughs> thinks we've been locked in this room every week. He doesn't know we live six and a half hours away. Right. <laughs> we're not really locked in a room. So yeah, um, man, we're here at camp bond and I, I got the privilege of hearing my friend Michael preach tonight. Oh, goodness. He, it was great. He yeah. was channeling his inner Richard Rohr today. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about quantum entanglement. Oh, yeah. Tell, share it with everybody a little bit. I enjoyed the service. Did you? Did yeah. I, um, you know, we talked about how the Holy Spirit can be viewed as a force field. Which is uh, as a Star Wars fan, I just love that. Do you? Oh yeah, force fields are all space. Everything I grew up on. Well, the, you know, the camp was uh, was kind of a superhero themed camp. Yeah, and you used Wakanda in that. That was really I good. I, I liked it. Uh, Wakanda. Wakanda forever. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> terrible. It was. But I, uh, the kids seemed to really enjoy it. They were they were shouting Wakanda forever. Yes. But, um, I, it was a. You know, it's a fun thing to talk about the Holy Spirit as a force field that we step into when we step into love, and we kind of step out of when we step into hatred and antagonism and, you know, just some of the other things that pull the church apart. Um, and so, you know, uh, you know, if, if I'm going to channel Richard Rohr, I might as well just quote him. He said, I heard him say one time, uh, you, uh, we cannot afford not to be in love. Yeah, and the thing I I really like about that analogy is, you know, Paul says that we're supposed to live in step with the Spirit. That's exactly what you're getting at tonight, is that that we have the ability to quench the Spirit, if you will. The Spirit wants to work in our lives, but we can be bitter, we can gossip, we can, as as the church, we can tear each other Mm -hmm. apart, Uh, we can criticize, we can be jealous or envious of one another, Mm -hmm. even other pastors. Oh no, it's getting getting real. I'm pontificating pastors today. So in this, in this, you know, the villainy of the superhero world, uh, the villain, you know, a lot of times. We always got to have a villain. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, we just have for centuries, you know, defaulted to Satan. 
Yeah. But, but I, I'm not really worried about Satan as the enemy. He's a defeated enemy. I don't think you yeah. know, we're, we're not, I, I didn't want to go that way for sure. But I feel you there. But the, uh, the enemy then is comparison. Yeah. The enemy is when we start looking at others to understand holiness. Well, at least I'm not as bad as that guy. You know, yeah. is no measure of holiness because my neighbor is not a measure of holiness any more than I'm a measure of holiness. That's right. Uh, Christ is a measure, is the measure of holiness. He is good all the time. And, yeah. And I can't say that. I just preached a sermon series not too long ago on uh, sanctification. We call it sanctified, holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y and H-O-L-Y. Kind yes. of we highlighted those letters. Sure. But, but one of the things we came to was the only way we can ever be holy is in any the way that we partake of Christ, as, as we are in Christ. Mm-hmm. Like we have no holiness of our own. No, it's only through Christ sure. that we can be said to be set apart for God for anything good. Right, because only God is good. Yeah, that was that was great stuff. The other thing you said that um, I really liked as well was the idea that unity can only exist in diversity. Now I've heard the saying unity is not uniformity, but you went a step further tonight and and said it can only exist in diversity because if you're all the same, that's not unity and you don't have to strive for anything because you're all the same. It's just like, you know, a bunch of robots out there. But right. but in the midst of diversity is the only way we can find unity. Where did you get that? Did you just kind of come up with that or did you read it somewhere? Or? Well, no, I... Uh, I thought it was really good, by the way. I, I just kind of stumbled upon the idea because I was thinking about Jacob. And I was thinking about how God changed Jacob's name to Israel. And so um, I was thinking that Israel means uh, one who has striven with, strives with God or one who contends with God. Yeah, struggles with God. One who wrestles yeah. with God. Um, and it's kind of, you know, in, in Genesis chapter 32, there's this com- there's a story where, where Jacob gets in a wrestling match. Right. With God or God's messenger. And right. know, we could debate, you know, it was a theophany. You know, he It was, was some kind of divine being. There was it a felt pre- like. the presence yeah. of God and he wrestled with God. And so then his name gets changed. Not to the one who uh, walks in the garden with God. Not to the one who dances with God. Not to the one who, uh, who gets along with God. Right. But to the one who contends with God. Yeah. You know, and I thought, wow, that really feels like my marriage. Um, you know, <laughs> Amen, Shelly. Yeah, there you go, Shelly. I didn't, I didn't go looking for a woman that would just do what I said, and I didn't want someone who wanted me. You to. told me that Shelly always did what you said. You know, I didn't tell Shelly. <laughs> I did not say that. Okay, I take that. Back. <laughs> I'm just being a butt. No, Shelly, Shelly, uh, I enjoy the give and take. Right. Um, yeah. Of of marriage relationship, I enjoy the give and take with my children. My children have the freedom to talk back. Now, there's a point at which you know they need to watch themselves a little right. bit because I'm still dad. They can talk back and go live under a bridge yeah, they, somewhere. Yeah, if you want to keep that <laughs> no, nice room you're in, you know, you might want to watch how much you talk back. But no, the uh, you want me to keep paying for the gas in that car, you probably want to watch how much you talk back. But and I think we get that in Job. Where, who, yeah. where where were you when I laid the yeah. foundations? Where Job talks back yeah. and then he's kind of like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't have talked that much. Yeah, I, I spoke of things I didn't understand. I poked, Hang on a yes, second. Exactly. And so as long as you understand what you're talking about, 
Right. You know, you're free to kind of contend. My, yeah. My kids get to contend. And I'm, you know, I, I'm not obviously a great parent. Shelly is a great parent. I'm just sort of there most of the time. But um, but there's some contending. And I feel like my parents did the same thing. And so I was thinking about this, what relationships look like. Like if we're just each other's yes men, it's kind of a boring relationship. Right. And, That's and not a relationship. Not a lot of growth going on. And so um, it struck me that God seems to want us to work through the mess with one another yeah, um, and contend that if, if our relationship with God is a kind of a reference point for what our relationship with others is going to look like. Um, and then how we even deal with our own in our own spirit, we contend, you know, we, right. I bounce around ideas, uh, in my own head and I struggle through my thoughts. I struggle through my relationships and love seems to be a commitment to keep struggling even when right. it's messy. Yeah. And so that's I just, why we, we yeah. love to see mar- couples who've been married 50, 60 years because you know it wasn't all and no, they lived no, no, happily roses. ever after. Yeah. And yet they kept striving, struggling. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that was the beautiful thing about the message tonight that I really liked was that we're not, we're not uniform. We're going to be different. There's going to be struggle. I love that you point out that early church had struggle because if you read the, the the Bible closely at all, you you begin to realize Peter and Paul got into it. Um, you know, John Mark like deserted. He bailed out. Uh, they couldn't. They they didn't just kind of have this utopia. There were all these things that they had to work through, yeah. but yet they chose to do it because they right. they had experienced something in Jesus that they couldn't keep in, mm-hmm. like they couldn't hold on to. So. Um, yeah, man, good stuff. Another thing that was good was Remedy uh, played one of my favorite songs tonight. So so there's a song out that Bethel redid at Johnny Cash. Song. Ain't no grave. Yeah, gonna hold my body. Gonna hold my body. Down. Yeah, so I leaned over to Paula, and I actually thought of this. Last week I was coming up with junior campers, and we were playing the Remedy Spotify playlist so they could kind of know some of the songs when they got down here. And uh, that Ain't No Grave song was, uh, they didn't sing that with the kids, maybe a little too morbid, I don't know. But but, um, <laughs> but I, I was thinking, man, this is what I want. I want, like a lot of times the caskets are there at your funeral. Um, but I took a class and we, we read this book by, um, the last name was Long, called Accompany Them With Singing. It talked about the Christian yeah. funeral mm-hmm. and a lot of theology behind it. And it talks about how people used to like, sing the people into the service so they didn't just they weren't just up there somewhere there wasn't just like a picture a memorial picture but it was like we're we are escorting this body from one life uh state of living to the next right? right so so there's this idea of the community taking the body and leaving the body with God. Yes. And then waiting for the resurrection. Mm-hmm. So beautiful stuff. So so I thought about that great. Yeah. So I wanted, I told Paula, when I die, if I die before you, I want that song played as they're wheeling the casket in. <laughs> I don't want the casket in there when everybody gets there. Right. I want them wheeling the casket in. Yeah. And I want that. Loud as can be, ain't no grave going to hold my body down. Man, that gives me chills just thinking about Oh, yeah. It's exciting. Yeah, because it's it's the Christian hope. And I think, you know, I guess I've been a little bit morbid lately. I don't know if we talked about this last time, but but I did a morning meditation. It was called, 
you're going to die someday, yeah, and that's Paula, good news. Paula seemed a little bit bothered by that. It yeah. Was, I visited with her Paula earlier. doesn't like to talk about death. And she said, Nate yeah. just likes to talk about death all the time these days. So, yeah. Well, I, I think for me, I'm getting – I just had a birthday. Maybe I'm just getting older. <laughs> no. But but I think um, – I'm going to throw their name out there. I went to see Rob Bell speak. Oh, you did? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He always says this weird this so, one line when, when you go see him speak because I've been there too. Yeah. He likes to say, uh, some of you came to see me speak, and some of you came to see who came to see me speak. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he's, he's, he's a certified heretic. But <laughs> one of the things that I think of, I, that I was really impressed by was just the fact that he spoke for two hours, and I thought I got gypped. I thought it was only 45 minutes. Oh, so I was like, oh, sure. Like the dude, yeah. whatever you think about him. Oh, yeah. Communicating, you can he's, learn something. He's excellent at it. You can I learn like something. When, I like when Peter Rollins comes out to warm up the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite right there. Seamus. Good old yeah. Seamus. Tell, tell stories about Seamus. I'm glad you can yeah. do that voice because so I'm good. not even going to try it. It's so good. It's like, you just have to, when you want to do an Irish bro, you kind of shoot the sound forward. That's what you do. And I, when you want the Scottish, you have to roll it back in your throat and you have to do it like that. You don't know this, but I am terrible with accents. <laughs> they all they all end up sounding Australian. <laughs> My English accent, or like Jamaican, British accent. Australian or Jamaican. Yeah, so bad. <laughs> but no, what, what what Rob Bell, he was using Ecclesiastes and he didn't even talk about scripture till the very end, which was brilliant in the way he did it. I mean, he leads people who don't even think about Scripture into this place mm -hmm. where then all of a sudden they have to encounter it. Sure. And and what he said was he was studying Ecclesiastes and basically said, um, the problem with most people is we take our cynicism to a certain level and then we stop, but we won't let it go all the way to the worst that could happen, which would be that we die. Yeah. And what, what the teacher in Ecclesiastes does is he faces that absolutely meaningless, meaningless. It's all meaningless. Just, he yeah. he gets to the death and then he says, Well, here's so here's what you should do, because it's you're all gonna die. You should enjoy your life. Yeah. Serve God in your youth and enjoy the work you've been given. And then you're free. It's beautiful. It was wonderful. I, I yeah, so freer. that's where I've been lately. Just I like freer, just thinking about like, it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I I had I did that morning meditation and it was about you know, it was that that passage in Ecclesiastes. Sure, sure. And so it's like, you're going to die. But that's good news because if you can wrestle with that and get through it, mm -hmm. then you're free. Yeah. Because the biggest fear and the biggest enemy you have, you realize, is defeated in Christ. Yes. And so, I mean, Ecclesiastes, Christ hadn't come yet. But even then, the understanding is that if you'll serve God and enjoy the work you've been given, that's, that's all you need oh, in life. For those of you, I know this is a podcast, but we're sitting in this room. Yes, we're sitting in a strange room. And I don't understand what's going on because I just got to camp, but apparently uh, Brett Armstrong has a bunch of his gear in, in this camp room. And three there's three like dummies, like CPR dummies. CPR dummies. And all we can think of is Dwight on the office cutting the face off of a dummy. <laughs> Slicing its guts yeah. open, putting yeah. the face on himself and going, 
Clarice. Yeah, <laughs> and, and actually, Michael, before the podcast started, took a face I off of this. Face off and did it. My, my, it was Maggie, so awesome. Yeah, Maggie walked in the other day because I used this room all week as the speaker. I've used this room. They've used it as storage. But it's had this table. This, this is chair. where you go to the bathroom? And this is where I can, <laughs> No, this is... Pre-game dump. <laughs> Can I say that? I don't. I don't. <laughs> I know. just did. Some of our listeners will be offended. Oh, I told the story in Costa Rica you about did, me using did, the restroom, so stories. that was much. They personal. know if they're still listening. They know they pre-game done. Happen. But no, I come in here to uh, to kind of. This is the green room. Yeah, it's the green room. It's where I, I write some extra notes. Yeah, and yeah. It's kind of how you know. Um, one one sermon I totally rewrote because after the first night I thought what I have prepared is not what they need to hear. And yeah. So I, you know, the Holy Spirit just sort of directs It happens. Me. I looked at them and they just looked tired, like they were at the end of of the summer, and they had been going, going hard, and they just looked tired. The end of their collective ropes. Yeah, and then they're about to go, yes. <laughs> it looked like they, they had all come to camp, braided their rope together, and they were all hanging from the end of it. But they, they just looked tired to me, and I said... Uh, I asked around and people said, yeah, I think, I think we're pretty tired. And so I, I had to rewrite because I wanted to talk to them about maybe, uh, maybe you came to camp for a Sabbath. Maybe, maybe you need to experience some Sabbath while you're here. And so we talked about that. Do we, do we though, let's not to criticize this camp, but do we ever let kids Sabbath at camp? You know, um, I've thought about that a lot. Well, I think you, we're too afraid they're going to go make out. We, <laughs> I think we are, but this camp has given them quite a bit of free time, and I've been. It's That's been awesome. interesting to see how they've used their free time, yeah. to build relationships. I, I not, know Nathan's group has been playing cards in the big building, so do. it's very relaxing. It's they not, spent a lot of time in communal space. They're not hiding. Yeah, I mean, that's you know, good. There's probably some kids who are making purple, but we. I was know. that kid who always wanted to make out. Yeah, and so I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> So we've had Sorry, Paula. But I've been she I've knows. been using this room as a study. And as I come into this room, uh, Maggie came in and my daughter's here at camp. That's so cool she got to come She here. got to come with me and she and she gives me the nightly critique of my sermon, you know, and we, we, we rehash it. But um, My she, family's not that they won't do that. Well M- Maggie will. Shelly's kinda she ever since college, uh, Doug Sample said something that kinda resonated with me. You know, by Wednesday, I'm ready to hear the truth. But when I get done on Sunday morning, I just yeah. need you to tell me that was the best sermon you ever you ever preached. And so Shelly just kind of gives me the token. That was the best sermon you ever preached. Every once in a while, she has a criticism. But most of the time, she has a delightful critique about how it struck her. So, you know, we, we kind of have a partnership in that. But Maggie, really, she's going into ministry. She's right. thinking yeah. about these things. Yeah. She's and always so, been a thinker. And though. so she's kind of a theologian in and of, yeah. you know, and she loves how, like the quantum entanglement thing, she loves when I when I take science, science-y right. kind of things, and I use science language to describe what we're experiencing as the Holy Spirit or as the church right. yeah. or as things and how those are reflective within each other because this is God's creation. She loves it. Like she at school one day, a boy leaned over to her and said, uh, you know, they were talking about uh, evolution or something at school, and she and the boy leaned over and he said, "Are you offended by all of this? Like, I know you're you're a Christian and dad's <laughs> a pastor. Are you offended by all this?" And she said, "What do you mean?" And he said, "Well, I mean, you know, because they're talking about not God." And she said, "Oh no, they're not. They're talking about God." How oh, could you talk about not God in yeah. creation? <laughs> and 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 so he, she said, "You know, he expected her to be offended by you know." whatever was being talked about in her biology class that day. And she said, no, the deeper we go into how it all works, 
the bigger God gets for me. Yeah. And the, the more beautiful. Well, you know, but as a former chemist, like that's, that's where I come from. Sure. Too. Sure. We stepped in, she stepped in the room. That's where I was going with the story. Oh she yeah. We had a story room. going. She saw the thing and immediately she she said, Dwight, <laughs> you know, but I, but I sat in this room well, by myself and they have like skin on the face, like a fake skin on the face, and they even have ears. Did you set them but up to make a crowd so I start, they could practice? So I can practice preaching. No, because there's three of them. But I, three's a crowd. Three's a crowd. <laughs> <laughs> but I picked up one of them and I stood it up, and it really creeped me out a little bit because I recently watched Ex Machina. And yeah, oh, and yeah. Side of the head is missing. Freaky. And so it was a little bit spooky to me. You know what I'm doing it right now? I'm going to take a picture of these and post it in the comments. <laughs> post it in the comments oh, yeah. so everybody can see just yeah. how weird it is. These these are these have got to be visualized. <laughs> so, um, cool thing. I mean, just old sentimental dad here. You know, both my boys are here. Your daughter's here. Noah's here. When my you're, interns, your adopted child. Yeah, right? my my third <laughs> child. Oh I don't man! Think Noah knows that he's not yours. Yeah, I think he thinks that he's just he's a little duck in your row. My new daughter-in-law is here. I mean, it's just this camp is like, and my best friend's preaching. Oh, so it's good. That was pretty cool. Pretty yeah. cool stuff. So, um, we snuck down. Tyler's birthday is tomorrow. And we snuck down, tried to surprise him for his birthday. And so um, just really cool, man. It was a great night tonight. Remedy did great. You did great. Um, it was it was really fun for me, just on the personal note. So And doing this live. Oh, whew, so much fun. It doesn't get any better than it this. It doesn't get better than this. This is the life we get to live. And it's because Christ invited us to have a front row seat. Yeah. You know, like... Whew. The the whole Psalm one we are family. Yeah, the whole Psalm one thirty nine where where God reminds or, you know or David remembers that God has a front row seat to his life. Like God is right there and he's present. Is there anywhere I can go to get away from you, God? With those big knitting pins <laughs> knitting him together. <laughs> With his knitting I think that's the funniest <laughs> image of God that we have. You knit me together like, in my mother's womb. We should have a picture, an image of of an old lady sitting in a rocking chair, but then just replace the face <laughs> with a white bearded face, you know, and like God. So God can't I mean, be a girl, Michael. Well, sure, sure. Why? I mean, why not? God is the best God, of both sexes. Right? God could. Yeah. God could be the old lady. He didn't have to. <laughs> yeah. have to change it to an old man with with beard. I'm sorry. I, I should. You're such that, a chauvinist. I know. Oh I my know. goodness. I am. I'm so shaken. We're gonna get letters about. That. <laughs> <laughs> so. But that's the funniest image of God. Like people, you just don't let yourself go there. That right. He's knitting yeah. us together. But but we had a, a woman here at camp who painted an image of an eye that looked like yeah. it had been crocheted. Pretty cool. It was really, really great. But it was kind of this image, you know. Um, but we can't, you know, can you escape? Can you escape God? And you can't escape God. But then Jesus flips the tide and he says, hey, listen, I've always had a front row seat to your life. But God invites us to have a front row seat to what He's up to, wow! In a brand yeah. new way in the person of Jesus Christ. And so this has been a this. Is, I feel like I've got a front row seat just sitting here with you. Makes me feel like I've got a front row seat to what God is doing. Just hearing the stories, it was so cool tonight. Um, there was a young man, and he has uh, he kind of has some anxiety, and uh, he uh, he struggles with the noise, the noise of worship, the sound. Yeah, it's just too much. Too for much. Him. 
and um, kind of sensory so, issue. There. Yeah, he has a sensory issue, and so he had to. He sits outside and waits until the music dies down, and then he comes in and sits. And Remedy did this really awesome thing for him tonight that looks so much like the church that I just can't. I just yeah, always, it was like encapsulated your message yes, right there. Right? It did, and it was this subtle thing that. Nobody, nobody probably caught. Nobody outside of Remedy and the leadership had any idea. Yeah, I didn't know what was happening. going on. But this kid is standing in the back, and he comes in after the loud music has died down, and Remedy does an acoustic version of uh, of the song. I forget the name of it, but uh, this is "It's Your Breath in Our Lungs." Ooh, I love that one too. And they did this for him. Yeah. And his mom is. I didn't here. know that at his the time. His mom but... is here with him, right? Yeah. And she leans over to this boy, and he's standing in the back of the room, and we've toned it way down, and we're singing, it's your breath in our lungs, so we, you know, and it's so good. And he, his mom leans over and says, you know, honey, that they did this so you could be a part. And I mean, tears just start streaming down his face. Yeah, that's And whatever really cool. anxiety he had was just lost, and he's just singing the words. Yeah. And he's worshiping yeah. God. And I thought, what a picture of the church that we would pull up a seat at the table for anybody and everybody who wants to come sit. And yeah. then we got to receive communion. And we did, you know, we did a whole cup of juice for everybody and a King's Hawaiian, you know, roll. Yeah, that was good stuff. Because that was the real you know, juice too. It was, it was good stuff. It was the real deal. You know, there ought to be it ought to be of high quality and there ought to be more than enough because I think that's how Jesus rolls. Yeah, I know you've kind of shaped me in that we do King's Hawaiian all the time now. Oh, you can, I could love it to do yeah. that. Yeah. Sweet, a little bit sweet to the... Yeah. Taste I mean, the body of Christ. Is yeah. yeah. It's good stuff. And uh, and we do the 100% Welch's because uh, there have been a couple of times that like we were almost out and I diluted it with a juice box. It tasted <laughs> terrible, man. It's the worst. One time we were at camp, like a couple of years ago, we were at camp and uh, we're going to have communion on the last day of camp, the last worship service at camp we're so excited because it's like been building and building and here it comes and we had set the juice and the bread uh in this room and some boys snuck out in the middle of the night and they found the juice and they drank the juice and we didn't have any juice for communion we went to get it and prepare right and it wasn't there and we're like what are we gonna do and one of the youth pastors says uh i got some red gatorade and some blue gatorade in the van let's mix up so we mixed blue nice. gatorade to make you know, purple. Yeah. And the kids were taking You're not communion. supposed to purple at camp. Yeah. <laughs> the kids were the kids were taking communion and you could see it on their faces. They're like, What is what is that? It, that's not <laughs> juice. Yeah. So, anyway, so I don't know why that was pertinent to tell, but I needed to say it. I remember on one of our first podcasts we said that heaven you said, I think, that heaven is where we never have to end our conversation oh, or something like that. Every conversation. There we go. Oh yeah, yeah. That's how I feel the night. Like I want to just keep going, but I don't know if everybody would listen. Yeah, they might give up. We'd have to have a six-parter conversation. Yeah, yeah. That's what Rob Bell does. Speaking of which, his podcast. He just like, he just well, I started going. talking about this, and we're gonna go three parts now. You yeah. Know? Oh yeah. That's kind of how my sermon series goes sometimes. Like. I'm not done exploring this passage of scripture, so we're gonna visit it again next week. Yeah. You know, even though sometimes I feel like the congregation may have been done after week one. Well, yeah. You know, uh, I'm a preacher. What can I say? Yeah, I, I remember CB used to do series and we preach, and I remember particularly I don't remember it was like the Book of James, 
we got through one verse the first day. <laughs> he was doing a lot of background, but I was like, man, this could be a really long series. But <laughs> if we go one, but verse this week time. I did three three verses out of Philippians or four, so I feel about the same. Yeah. Were Were you satisfied? I had a, I had one guy tell me one time. He said, Yeah, I I don't like that guy's preaching. He just deals with one passage of scripture. But, you know, <laughs> and then some people were like, Well, I'd rather you deal with one and not four, but. I tend, tonight we we took a journey through the scripture because I so yeah I I like to in in my favorite preaching moments I like to take one passage but then draw in from the canon other passages. Sure. It seems like when you preach a camp, a lot of times you have a theme, so you kind of are jumping around a little more right. than maybe on a on a normal Sunday morning for me at least. Yeah. Like, like there's some things you want to cover. And so you kind of, you know, understand different scriptures that will help to, to follow that. I, I'm a little careful about that all the time though, because you can start preaching like your soapboxes a whole lot oh, and just yeah. grabbing scripture. Yeah. That, what I can't really, really at all, what I have a really hard time with is just someone who just takes like 10 passages, like cuts <laughs> You know, oh, one yeah. verse here, one verse there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, maybe there's not even context involved in that. Sure. So that's hard for me. But you got to have context. I had yeah. a parishioner tell me one time, he said, Pastor, I've never sat under anybody who, who told me the context. They just told me what they thought about it. And, yeah. And my immediate thought was, oh, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. Because I, you, I have to do cultural exegesis. I have to yeah. do exegesis of the crowd that I'm speaking to. You have to be in tune with the spirit the whole time. That the you're literary talking. form of the passage. And you have to deal. I mean, with, is it a poem, a poem? Like I knit yeah. my, you knit me together in your mother's yeah, womb, or is God literally? Yeah, no, God, yeah. I'm messing around because yeah. Paul and I had this long yeah. discussion on the way here. Well, if yeah, <laughs> knitting. Don't get, don't get yourself in trouble. Don't I love you, Paula. <laughs> but, but you know, like I guess Thanos would would need to steal. Um, God's knitting needles, if if that were the case, because if that's what controls. But you know, um, you need to deal with the genre that you're dealing yeah, with. Yeah. You know, because if it's a song, it's a song. And right. like, I don't know about you, but if I wrote a song, because I don't write songs, Shelly is always like, "Why don't you write me a song?" I'm like, "Cause I'm terrible at writing songs." But people who are good at it, they don't always. It's not literal. If it were yeah. literal, we'd be like, "That wasn't a song. That was a recipe." Yeah. I'll yeah. swim the widest o- ocean for you. Oh, like really? Yeah. And really gonna do that? You're gonna die. Three hundred yards into it, you just yeah. sink. You know. Yeah. So. So you wouldn't have your love, the love of your life, because they drowned. Right. But. Yeah. So. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, no, I I understand though. Sometimes you jump around a little more because, especially when you've been given like a a theme or a topic. Yeah. Then, then you have a whole wealth of different scriptures you want to get to, and so finding which ones will 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 really work together to be truthful about the scripture you're dealing with. That's the main sure. thing. That's it's why just, I go long. But, so, my, my sermons get long yeah. if I use more than one passage of scripture because I feel the need to exegete all every, of them, every, every one of them, you know, and tell everybody why this was written and and for what audience. That's know? what I did last Sunday. I had about. 10 to 12 verses picked out and I got through four of them. I'm like, well, this is two sermons if I keep going. <laughs> oh, so, so next week I'm going to hit that, now. the yeah. rest of it. Because... It would help if some of you could come to the altar and start crying. Yeah. Cause that'll, that'll shut me up. No, the, uh, I went long last week on the four verses. Oh, did you? <laughs> I was longer than normal. I think. Yeah. Yeah. 
The uh, it's good stuff. That, that's one thing about camp that I really that I really uh, struggle with is that um, you know sometimes camp is just this emotional high. Yeah. Um, and you preach a sermon, and it is topical, but it, it hits right where the teenager is living, or it hits you know if you do some kind of retreat. You try to hit right where people are existing, and there's a purpose yeah. in the retreat. And the leader gives you this idea of this is where we are, and so if you could speak to where we are, that would be great. And yeah, think, you have to rely on the leader for context because you don't right, live with because you don't know these people. Yeah. So you're trusting these youth pastors, you're trusting these uh, leaders within this context to then do the discipleship. Yeah. And so what you're trying to do is to take home what you've already done, offer them tools for starting conversations. You know, most yeah. of the time can't just sort of brings to surface the things that need to be dealt with. And then it's like a year's worth of work for, yeah, or, or more for a youth pastor who's then going to go home and deal with it on the week to week. Well, and I like what they're doing. And we do this at Oklahoma camps too. Um, well, there comes the music. They must be getting ready to start I, I something new. The music so yeah. um, we give time for discussion after with our youth ministries and then people maybe who don't have a church pastor there will right. jump in so that we can take what's been preached and begin to contextualize it sure. Sure. right there while the kids are already experiencing it. And then you can take it home from there. So, yeah, I think that's a really good thing about camp is that those moments, even after the message where you get a chance to kind of, we used to call it debrief. And then one of our speakers got up and he was like, I don't know what y'all are talking about debriefing. I don't think that's very safe. And so we had to change the name of it to church chat. It was a new no, church chat. We don't want to do any debriefing. We don't want to do any debriefing. So, so, yeah, anyway, yeah. Youth pastors without are the, the worst. Without the help of, of teenagers. We always blame yeah. it on the teens. Then you add the teens in. But the teens, a lot of times it just goes over their head. They miss it or they were in the right frame of mind. And the youth pastors are the ones. They're the get. worst. They are. They're terrible. I was one of them I, for too. a long time. <laughs> I, I would start cracking up after I said it, you know. I said some things from the pulpit and would look out and see some of my teenage boys snickering. And I was like, oh, I said yeah. something that had a double entendre to it. But that happens. <laughs> that happens with my college kids now. And uh -huh. last week, okay, I got to call out Dane Robinson, one Dane. of my friends. Yeah. We were at junior camp together. And Dane is crazy. He's hilarious. He's one of the funniest people you ever meet. Where did you meet and Dane? He's a pastor in Holdenville. So we're, okay. we're colleagues on our district. And they put us together. And the speaker, <laughs> he was talking about repairing the crack in your foundation. <laughs> But he said, all of us are born with a big crack. <laughs> and me and Dane, like, both our heads go down, yes. and we're shaking. Yes. Like, in the back there, we're like trying. Like butthead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said crack. <laughs> and we're just, like, dying laughing. And uh, he said it over and over and over again. And our kids aren't even laughing. But Dane and I are trying to keep it together. <laughs> I probably just I probably just threw Dane right under oh, the yeah. bus. Part I threw myself under the yeah. bus too, but Oh, when you have to do your Christian duty, you know <laughs> your duty. I, I, I laugh at Christian duty every time it gets said. It's such a terrible thing, but I can't help myself. It's I'm a yeah. child. I am a child, I confess I am. It, there's just something about May I never lose my wonder, as Amanda Cook would say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we always joke that the ministry majors at SNU are the worst. They but, they just they have a hard time being serious. Yeah, so yeah. we're 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 those people, but I think I was going somewhere with that. You're going early, somewhere, but uh, but it's kind of left <laughs> we me completely now. Completely lost. We, we lost it with the you have a giant crack. 
<laughs> yeah, so, which is a terrible thing to do. So. Oh, goodness. Well, I think we've probably gone over our time. But it's so much fun. And, it is. And we're just today. getting a little bit of heaven because you thought the conversation was in about 10 minutes ago. You did. You but did. it's not. But we tricked you. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we man. We hope you kept listening. I have loved being with you tonight and get Absolutely. to see you till the morning a little bit. So we'll have a lot of fun and do this again next week virtually, I guess. No. All right. Sad. See you later. Later. All right, bye. Hey, thanks again for listening to Pontificating Pastors. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor or any one of the other platforms. We hope you have a great week.